clicks inside the workspace and also in life it's gotten me in a lot of trouble because I'll like get too close to the subjects I fuck around I end up with friends I'm like oh oh, I literally was just like wow this is the way you experience your life is so interesting and now I'm pressed to the glass and I'm a bridesmaid in your wedding (laughs) hi Nico what's up Con? not much I love you I love you no homo Mm, a little bit of homo for me just a little bit just a smidge from two guys who are never part of the boys club we want to welcome you into ours welcome to boys club this is our podcast about boys and about other things like their clubs and the things we were a part of hockey and we're not a part of bagels wait did you say we were a part of hockey I wasn't me neither welcome to the club boys grab a bagel grab a boys I was like, what do boys eat? Hey, Con. Hi. It's been a minute since I've seen you. I know, I miss you. You look so tan. You've been under the weather. Do I really? Um, Yeah, you look freaking sun-kissed. I don't know. I'm going to be tanner. I was just talking with people yesterday how, like, you just feel so much hotter when you've got a little sun kiss. No, I know. Someone was saying that to me yesterday that everyone looks hotter tan. Yeah. I was like, that is a really problematic thing to, that's a problematic truth of our world. (sighs) Because as someone that spent a lot of time in the beds, I got to tell you, <laughs> that's not <laughs> a sustainable way to be hot. Yeah. Yeah. No. Well, um, did you see any boys clubs this week? Yeah. Okay. So I actually entered a boys club and I, I'm so excited to tell you this. I'm not watching MSNBC anymore. <gasps> I know. Because I got the YouTube app and now I'm a YouTube. I watch YouTube videos all day. Like not all day, but like at <laughs> night, like I always okay. think I'm going to go to bed. So I'm now into like random YouTube videos. Um, I thought you were about to say you watch YouTube news now, which I'm like, this could get no, dark but that quick. should exist. Um, actually, you should, there used to be like um, compilation videos of like all the news about Donald Trump from today, and it would just be like from every source, like a bunch of sources together. Oh. Yeah, which is like if you want to feel, if you want to feel something. That's how you watch. <laughs> it's like a just like right to the veins. Okay. Um, so I've been watching like alien videos <laughs> <laughs> because. MSNBC, I guess it just wasn't doing it for me anymore. So okay. now I like go to bed and I watch like the history. First of all, History Channel is all alien videos and mermaids. I History Channel, ancient aliens. I used to think that that was a, a channel about history. No, no, no. That's a channel about. It's a hidden gem. It's a, yes. <laughs> it's of all the things that could present, future, past. Yeah. No sense of time on the History Channel. There, there is the name of the History Channel. No, the re- yeah it. It's all the things that could happen to us. Okay. But are you watching Ancient Aliens? Yeah, that is one of them. Okay. The, the, uh, just the one about Atlantis. Yeah, I know. I, I, I'm I an avid History Channel uh, watcher. I think at first when I saw it, I was like, well, this is PBS. <laughs> so, That's one of the... I was going to say what I watch on YouTube are his, is History Channel and then all the PBS stuff because I watched PBS growing up as a kid and I loved it. Are those adjacent news sources? Um. I don't think there are adjacent news sources, but I do think that like it's the same kind of production, yeah, yeah, type of like they all kind of do the same thing. Yeah, yeah. You're like, I don't want a story. I want a scare. You know, <laughs> I want. Oh, you feel scared? Okay, I feel educated. <laughs> I feel like the stuff about some of the stuff about aliens. I'm like, I mean, it really gives. It sends me down an existential. Like none of do it. Do you matters. believe that aliens exist? I think that they have to. Like, I think that we can't conceptualize them, Mm -hmm. which is like heaven. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm sure it's something, but like, Mm -hmm. yeah. Do you? Yes. It feels impossible of how vast the universe is that there's, that we're it. That's impossible. Yeah. Statistically. I don't know what would be worse for us to be it or for us to not be it. Wait. Now we're at three different heights. (laughs) (laughs) No, I I was like, this is how I want to speak. I feel like we're a Disney Channel show. Do you remember um, the one Out of the Box where they would... I was actually just recently speaking about Out of the Box um, like three or four days ago. So I feel really trippy. Out of the Box. Out out of the Box. box. Oh, wait. I recognize that theme song, but what is it about again? It's a children's show. But it was on... I love that you said, what is it about as if it had... A narrative. Well, do you guys remember like Between the Lions? I watched that one. Mm. Between the Lions? Isn't that what that was called? And it was like those two lions and then they had all like yeah. the nursery rhymes and it was like at a library. Yeah. I, I'm like, the, there's, I'm like gripping at it like this. Yeah. That memory. I'm like, ah. Uh. That's how I feel about Out of the Box. Yeah. I just remember that the set was so cool. It was, <laughs> it was like, like a, uh, like a treehouse yeah. type situation. Okay. It was, if you were 
not allowed sugary cereal for breakfast, mm-hmm. you were watching Out of the Box. It was, yeah, like No Lucky that, Charms and PBS is what you watched. That was my house, too. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's like if you were, like, crunchy, if your parents yeah. were, I mean, my, we can't go there. We don't have enough time. My parents aren't totally crunchy, but they were, like, certain ways in which they were crunchy, and then also certain ways which I was always just finding the crunch in my own life because mm-hmm. I was, like, a little crunchy, independent thinker. Yeah, I, and that's out of the box. <laughs> and I that's don't even out of the know box. What kids are watching now? Paw TikTok. I oh, Paw Patrol. I don't know about Paw Patrol. I do know about Barbie. I remember from when I used to babysit Barbie, and that was actually really funny. Like, I feel like Barbie's is being written by like a bunch of old um, white queens, mm-hmm. and like she's actually kind of like really bitchy and funny. <laughs> she, it, Wait, like it's a deadpan Barbie TV show. Yeah, and like deadpan to her friends wow and then pippa pig and i actually have like screamed laugh at pick a pippa pig yeah I, she's british right yeah yeah which is inherently hilarious yeah and there's like this one scene where she gets totally fucking choked because her friend could do this <laughs> this perfect whistle and she's like all day she's been like ah oh, i've been trying to figure out how to whistle i've been trying to figure out how to whistle and her friend's like oh you mean and then she just whistles and she just hangs up in her friend's face. And to, to this day, I'm like, that is the funniest thing I've ever seen. And a kid like Pippa the pig being absolutely choked and hanging up the phone in her friend's face. That's, That's so, so funny. funny. Uh, speaking of Barbie, I'm fucking excited for the Barbie movie. Did you guys oh, see the trailer? I haven't seen. I watched my friend watch the trailer, <laughs> but I did not watch it. CC'd on it. Yeah, I was CC'd. <laughs> I haven't seen the trailer. I just know you that haven't? everyone made those. No. <gasps> everyone made those little memes. Those memes. Well, the memes like, ruined it. We can't have anything good. Like this nutritionist <laughs> from Chicago. Stop it. He's like, this made Barbie him. will teach you about intuitive eating. No. And it was just like a picture mm, of her. No. It was a lot. People, mm, once, a lot. They, once the memes get way out into the tr- like It also to had me confused. I was like, oh, oh. Wow, they did some really cool casting. Yeah. Like, they, they were like people, people, people yeah, 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 like yeah, yeah. front facing people. So I was like, oh, they're like doing some really cool. Like, I'm sorry, I'm one of those dinosaurs that's still using the internet like in earnest. Yeah. <laughs> so I was confused. And yeah. I'm like, what is the plot? And I so love Margot Robbie. My here and my then. hunch from the from the trailer is that it's going to be a lot about like aging and women and like beauty standard and like Barbie is no longer. She gets kicked out because she's not like perfect anymore, and I get oh, that. and I think that's going to be kind of the and then there's a lot of different types of Barbies, and I'm sure it's going to be about like I don't know that kind of like thematically like body image and like the way that women age and things like that. That is my sense from the trailer I saw, but I could be wrong. I also for a second thought it was going to be like you had to find your perfect match because there's a bunch of Barbies and a bunch of Kens. Yeah. So I don't know if it's maybe maybe it's that instead. But the trailer did not give a lot of like plot detail. Well, what you just guessed is giving way more like A twenty four. Like why else would A twenty four? Yeah. Put, like they're not. And doing... it's got a Gerwig. Yeah. Yeah. Which they're definitely... not doing like bubblegum drop shit. No, it's yeah. definitely gonna have like a darkness to it. You can feel that. Yeah. But it, it's like really fun. How many people are in it and like the different and the world looks very. Yeah. I like how it looks. Yeah. I did. I did see pictures and I was like, my my inner child that was like carrying all the lisa frank shit i was like nah. like it <laughs> it was like a bug to like a you know the lights yeah. that you get that where bugs will zap themselves that's how i felt when i yeah. saw those stills but i haven't watched the trailer i feel i do feel like though it's gonna kind of give us what we were missing from and i'm trying to say an intelligent like film thing but i can't remember the film but where they're like in a basically like a simulation and the men get to leave. Mm. Was that um, Don't Worry Darling? Yes. Yeah. I feel like it's going to oh kind of fill gosh. in the societal commentary gap. Oh, yeah. that yeah. We've been talking. <laughs> no, I have no idea what women talking is. Women talking is like so not that. It's really dark. It's like isn't a it? dark cult film. Yeah. But I, I agree with you. Oh, wait. Where they're all wanting to leave. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wait, did you see Don't Worry Darling? Yes, I did. Did you like it? <laughs> I'm out here trying to find my other person that likes Don't Worry Darling because I loved um, it and everyone hated it. So, like, <sighs> I'm an air sign, so I'm going to be like, I didn't love it, I didn't hate it. <laughs> so, I definitely went into it, I can admit, like, extra critical because everyone told me I'd like it. And, like, don't tell me what I like. I'm mm. an Aquarius. <laughs> um, I really liked performances in the film and yeah. I liked what they did with the casting. I love that people in comedy are, like, showing up as real actors in pieces and like mm. a lot of times are way more grounded than the normal actor. And I really think that you can see that in the performances and don't worry, darling. 
the drama for me around that movie and then like reading up on on the like the way the production was and stuff like that just kind of put an ick in my mouth about the whole film mm-hmm. yeah where i'm like okay yeah this looks beautiful but it seems like it was like a lot of i don't know i don't know and but also it's like i don't know i'm not out here making tv i know that shit is hard yeah so yeah, yeah. I think I but I've watched it twice, and I can't say that, or three times actually, and I cannot say that about a lot of movies. So obviously, there's they have me in a chokehold until until Harry Styles gets weird. When he gets, weird, you don't I'm think out. he's already weird? Well, he gets real weird. Do you remember when he gets real weird? Like he gets um. How does he get real? He weird? He becomes now? like the. Uh, remember, like the flashback. Oh, in when he gets weird in, in the, the movie. movie. Oh no. This is an anti Harry Styles podcast. We know he's weird. We okay, yeah, the, weird. I got shook because I was like, no. "No, he's already weird." He's as... been weird. No, okay. he's the, the character. Oh yeah, yeah. when he gets weird in the movie, like the yeah, bro, and you're like, oh, my yeah, yeah, God. yeah, yeah. When he becomes like Silicon Valley, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 But yeah, and then he's like grabbing her when she's trying to leave, and she's like, "Get up!" Yikes. Yeah. Also, yeah, that whole like doctor checkup thing where like nobody's answering her questions and everyone has like that glazed over look. Except for Wives. Yeah. Yeah. She's so good in that movie. But I agree that I think Barbie's going to be similar themes. Like, I bet there will be some, like, disparity between when Ken's too old and when Barbie's too old, and then they'll just, like, get into all yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. Ryan Gosling is 61. So, like, I know they make him look like kind of old in the it. movie, but I don't yeah. know. Wait, how old is he for real? He's got to be old. 40s, He's got to be right? 40. Okay. Wow. So, so 40 and 60 are yeah, two different things. 40 and 60. The Notebook was 20 years ago. They filmed it in 2002. Wow. I remember I was so confused about the chokehold, and now I know it's just like I was gay. So I just really, <laughs> I was like, I was like, he's doing a lot of like, I don't know. I remember being just exhausted by that movie. Yeah. And not really enthralled the way all the other girls. And wait, you grew up in the South. I did. So you know the chokehold. Like, I feel like. The world Absolutely. had a chokehold, but like the South, especially. I like loved it. It was big. Where are you from? Philadelphia. Okay, <laughs> but there was no chokehold where okay. I went. Like it was, it was an internal, a personal. Okay, yeah, I understand the room. like of it, like the romance of it. I understand the like feeling. That movie invokes the feeling of like sitting on an open front, like front porch, mm-hmm. yeah, on a summer evening in the South. However, it was like. People, people were really trying to map their lives on like getting their husbands on that film, and I remember being like, "Fried green tomatoes was better for me." (laughs) (laughs) If this even makes sense, I was like fascinated by her as like a a character and a force, and just like her red hair and she has mascara running down her face for half that movie, and I can just see her sitting in the. Do you remember her in the tub with her veil on? Yes, but do you think it was acting or it was like? Invoking Rachel McAdams. Well, do you think Rachel McAdams is an outstanding actress? Oh my god, that is like that's such a hard question. That should be on the list of you know those questions are like if you ask someone these questions, (laughs) there's thirty and you're gonna fall in love by the end of it. Yeah, (laughs) when should we do? Yeah, the New York Times needs to update their modern love. Do you Um, or for me, there are some. That's such a good question. I I think I, I think. I have a weird, I have a weird opinion. I think all actors are like good and you just choose where you're like acting. So either you're acting on camera or you're acting in your career Mm. or you're acting like, I I can't explain it. There's various levels of performance. Yes. And some, some people are just being themselves in movies and like, they're not necessarily acting and some actors are the actors that like change into characters. And then some people have decided to act their entire lives and become a personality and like a brand and invoke a feeling. They're like zeitgeist and that's why they get put in movies. And for me, Rachel McAdams is more of like that generation, like zeitgeist. Yeah. Yeah. So, it like this in, is her brand. You can kind of just yeah, like it was invoking. It was never like. It was never. What am I like? I didn't know I was gonna get this deep about all these philosophies. <laughs> like, what the fuck is wrong with me? Scene? No, <laughs> I like you it. know where she's a good actress. Yeah. Do you remember the scene? Oh my god, where Ryan Gosling she gets out of the car and Ryan Gosling's like, "What do you want? What do you want? Do you want to go back to him? Blah blah. blah. You make love to me, and then you go back to your husband." And then she's just like crying and she's like, I don't know what I want. Like that scene is so good. Okay. 
We're gonna actually link it to the in the show notes. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. Wait. Have you guys seen this new show? Um, uh, the Jury. I think it's called. No. It's like a semi reality. Okay. So basically, the premise of the show is that they do a fake jury trial, and it's all actors except for one guy. Okay? Oh my god, Truman Show thinks it's a real. <gasps> the Truman Show is filmed right next to Panama City, Florida and oh, Seaside. Really? Yeah, in Seaside. Okay, anyways. Oh, in Seaside, really? Yeah, Seaside, Florida. Oh, cool. Wait, the movie was? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I thought it was back and I was like, oh, no. No, 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 no. It's yeah. not back. Mm. So it's, it's, it's a full jury trial and it's like, fr- it's framed as like they're doing a documentary on like a jury trial. And so this one guy is a real dude who thinks he's there for this documentary, but everybody else is an actor. And James Marsden is in it as himself. From the notebook, the guy who's like the other love interest no, in the notebook. Of course. He's in it as himself. Uh, on the jury. And is playing up being like an actor who's like, I'm gonna be excused from this, right? And uh-huh. then like the judge keeps being like, You don't have a legitimate excuse, and so yeah. he's being like pissy about it. Uh-huh. But it's really interesting to be like, how much is he playing that up? I don't know. Like I'm like, I wonder how they picked Wait, him. James Marsden. So mm-hmm. the people on the ju- the one guy on the jury, if he recognizes him, he's like, Oh, I'm on a jury with James Marsden. Yes. And he's like and James Marsden keeps being like you probably saw me in like Sonic the Hedgehog and the Notebook hairspray. and like yeah, and hairspray. We could keep and his, going. Yeah, he lists like all his movies, and then the guy comes back the next day. He's like, "I watched Sonic. It's so good." <laughs> it's really cute. It's That's really so fun. funny. You guys should watch it. I think it's okay. really good. I'm just glad that James. Mar- I have you do wonder where did he go? Well, now he's doing this as himself. It's really funny. I have a really Aquarian total ADHD like put a, a wrench in like what we're talking about question. But do, do you feel like the reality shows are really exploitive and manipulative of ordinary people's like feelings and how they work? Like when you think about how producers put like exploit people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, do you know what I, I mean? I said this to I you that I think the ethics of reality TV. Yeah. I think the weirdest thing someone can do is go on a dating show because then what? Like, how do you date after the dating show? Like, you're used to having your relationship or your pursuit of a relationship be this like public thing for sensationalism and like like a gamified life yes so how do you just go on a normal hinge date after that well that's what i mean when i say some people choose to act in their lives yeah yeah that it becomes this whole just like yeah histrionic oh my god i could go on like it and it's the difference between not to talk about Real Housewives, but it's the difference between shows and like access and understanding of like the industry. And I would say that all the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills are people who are choosing to act in their lives. Like they understand the gamification of their like personalities. Mm -hmm. And I would say, I feel like they are the most protected in terms of what happens on the show because they understand it as it's happening. Versus, I feel like Salt Lake City. One of the reasons why it was such a like shit show the first season is because these people were like doing it in earnest and yeah. not understanding the like yeah. And, then and you think I about think it gets exploitative sometimes. Oh, absolutely. Like Selling Sunset, where it's like I love that you said. I know. <laughs> and it's, I'm talking all the shit, but like I'm there at Thursday nights, 10 p.m. Vanderpump Rules. What's going on? Yeah, like you, I'm there. Yeah, yeah. wait. Do you remember the reunion for Selling Sunset where they had the bald guy and Chriselle? Who's the bald guy? Yeah. Remember when they after yeah they one of the bo- one of the brothers yes. one of the brothers and after they broke up and they have that like raw moment where yeah they're just, like, crying that was yeah. like, the rawest shit I've ever seen on television in my yeah but life. they're all in Hollywood like don't yeah. and they're good they're good at I'm not saying that these feelings aren't real right I'm not saying that these feelings aren't real I think they are but they have a, a more of an understanding of like what moments are and what the beats are of life not to say that like, yeah uh, yeah. But yeah, that's what, the gamification of personality mm-hmm. is. Yeah, there mm-hmm. should be a. I'm sure class. somebody's studying like the ethics of reality television because we were thinking about that when we were watching that jury show. We we're like, is it? They haven't done anything. I mean, obviously, at the end of this, he might be. It, the time frame is not horrible because it's one week. It's they're following a one week jury trial, uh-huh. so it's like it's not like he's stuck in something forever. Mm-hmm. It's, a, mm-hmm. it's one week. I'm sure at the end of it, he's going to be like, oh my god, everybody was acting, but they've been very kind to him, and it's not. I don't think they're trying to like. He comes across really like kind of just like a lovable everyman in many ways. Like yeah. he's just Wait, kind of a goofy guy. It's on Freebie via Amazon Prime. And it's but coming that, out once a week. That show is less about 
well, here we go. Just are we going to go there? <laughs> we are. That I feel like in that case, the manipulation is less about the people on TV and about mm. the feelings that that producers know people want to feel uh, at that. What time does it come on? Fridays. At, at like what time? Nine, maybe. I'm not so sure. So the end of your week, you're, ready you're to definitely watch home. You're not necessarily ready to go out. Mm. How do you want to feel? Something and think about the way, yeah. the way that show makes That's you true. feel. That's true. That's true. So I, I grew up watching Survivor since I was six. Mm-hmm. And to your point, mm-hmm. I think that I rem- I viewed, I often thought about myself mm-hmm. in the third person mm-hmm. where it's like Connor's walking into class wearing sh- shorts. Yeah, and, and that's how shows become like an institution, part of the zeitgeist. Mm-hmm. And I also think arguably why you shouldn't talk shit about actors or like how people think that like we are like not as important as a CEO or something. I'm like, well, when that CEO fucks up at work and goes home and gets like wasted or whatever or chills, what 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 is he doing? Is he looking yeah. at a television? Like, our people are looking at TV, mm-hmm. and that's why it's so like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I because yeah. we watched. Did we talk about Nathan for you back, what, back when it came out? Yes. Did you ever I never watch watched, it? Did you watch you Nathan loved. for you, the new one or the Fielder? Is it Fielder at that bar where they? filmed one of the first ones but i found i was pretty i found that one ethically at the very least ambiguous and for me a little bit hard to watch what what was it anything for me it was just because like the he was like basically rehearsing real life events with people to basically be like could you simulate a real life Uh uh-huh the first one was like this guy was trivia team degree that they all had but he actually didn't uh-huh. and they, he was like trying to hype him up to come out and tell the truth so they like tried to basically rehearse this interaction and all the variables that could happen all the iterations that would happen so he could make like a perfect attempt at like revealing this information but it just like it in in the like creation of this fake scenario to practice it out it just got really like in this guy's head and like it got to a point where the guy was like really mad at Nathan Fielder after because he was like, "You fucked this up for me. Like you made this, whatever." So it just got really like emotionally where I felt like the guy was exploited at the end, yeah. And I didn't like that. And obviously, it's really hard to watch. I know who Nathan Fielder. You is. would hate The Bachelor because it is so. That's much, I was gonna say. The Bachelor is like that. Yeah. It's yeah. So exploit. It's just. But oh the God, difference. I dated someone for a while that was obsessed with the show. And oh, they're gonna say that was on the show. No, <laughs> no, like, no, no, no. I dated someone for a while that really liked the show and it was like you know and it, you compromise when you're in relationships but I I eventually had to be like you know what I actually cannot yeah watch this like I'm stressed it's hard to watch it is hard to watch we just also watched the other night we watched like a bunch of random shows the other night but Farmer Wants a Wife oh cause I you told me I should be on Farmer Wants a Husband <laughs> is that not real yeah this guy this is tough for me yeah this is tough for me white men doing stuff like that is tough for me yeah absolutely it's tough for me cause it's like of course you would be like you get to participate in life from like let's experiment cause mm-hmm. you are the like base cause exactly. you are the control exactly so I don't really appreciate that yeah, yeah I found it similarly like I was like this feels like a man with a lot of means being able to sort of play god did i ask you if you saw boys club uh oh no my boys club this week was well now that it's it's bike weather again because it's nice out and there are some people who are gonna be like oh you can bike all year round and those people are a boys club that are like biking in the winter and it's like it's too cold okay it's too cold to bike in the winter in my opinion wait i just realized i had a dream wait oh my god i just remembered my dream last night and it was some scenario where there were like four people and we were all like going separate ways and everyone was like they were all going to take their revels and then i was like i don't have a revel oh, I and i don't know how to revel. i can't either i can see you in the back of me driving one can you do that i love so, a rebel i love i've been, I've been on the one. back of my two friend Kendall comes and picks me up on a revel sometimes so I'm like, oh, oh, rom- <laughs> yeah i'm like how romantic Kendall. So it feels my... like um hillary duff in lizzie yes. mcguire movie my hang up with the revels hello is oh the God. helmet. The helmet is a hang-up for me because... Because I, of lice? Because a lot of people have had them on. You know you're going to get lice in that helmet. And I just don't know about that. Yeah. Well, Maybe I don't if know. I brought a little really thing to wipe lice. it down. They have... They have something. That you can wipe it down with? I don't know if it's a wipe or if there are, like, disposable nets. Okay. But there is something for that. Some I sort feel of like, sanitation. Did I use it? No. <laughs> no, the fuck I didn't. But I remember seeing it. I remember being like, oh, that's nice. 
<laughs> and there's such a distinct feeling <laughs> about your little head bobbing around on it. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. It's like you can't look too cool on a revel, but it's like very. But that's like what's beautiful about it. Everybody looks exactly the same amount of stupid. I was on it twice and I felt real cool both times. I felt real cool. You've been on one before? Did I tell you this? Jesse wrote on the back one with James Azzaretti one time. One time my ex drove me on a revel twice. Oh my god. I yeah. can't even imagine that. Did you, you like know. it? Was it romantic? You want to know something? What? Yeah. Oh. I know. That's sweet. <laughs> um, uh, there is, uh, yeah, I feel like one of my, not one of my greatest dreams, but if I had a crush on someone, I'd want to see them like ride a bike up to me or like I'd want them to like take me somewhere. Okay, yeah. so we're telling everyone now, Jess and I both want. Somebody just Someone to get us on a revel. Pick you guys up on a pick bike. Pick us up on a bike. I love that. All right, I'm going to introduce our guest. Yes. Okay, boys, our guest this week is an incredible stand-up comedian, writer, actor. Um, you can catch them at their monthly show, first Saturday of every month at Union Hall called Slumber Party. It's an awesome show. Check it out. Boys, please welcome Jess Henderson. Hi. Welcome. Hi. Um, we were talking about YouTube. We were talking yeah. about oh, bikes. We went in deep. And revels. Um, should we just jump into the questions? Let's do yeah. it. Yeah. What's a boys club that you are not a part of? Friends with all my exes club. Okay. Not a part of that. Which is a big That's part very of like gay men. queer and especially like dyke spaces is very yeah. like. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not a part culture. of friends with all my exes. Yeah. I do believe that there should be, I, I don't believe in like tumultuous endings. Mm-hmm. Um, meaning like a, the drama or like a huge, 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 huge blow up fight. Um, but I, I'm also like. I wish there were more queers that understood who deserves their friendship. Totally. And that it's not like a slight to the ex to like not still be friends. Yeah. Yeah. Like you were still a good person and you can, you can still like your ex and not be their friend. Right. Yeah. I remember my, yeah. Cause I tried to do that. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, we were in love we should be friends. You know yeah. what I mean? It's a really, yeah. it's a much harder dynamic to pin down than I think people give it credit for. Like yeah. to go from being in that invested in someone's life yeah. to being purely friends is, it's just kind of, it takes a long time and I, and it's, it's sometimes never going to happen. There's just certain, really yeah. and it probably can right be damaging it. in ways that aren't um, apparent. Like that's well, how I felt it was. I was like, this is actually damaging. Like, yeah, for me, it's always been in my past. I looking back on it now, I it was like not to be like the Enneagram, but it was very like classic. I'm I, I'm a recovering people pleaser, so those friendships were built entirely on the person that I was no longer dating needs mm. and like not me not meeting my own needs, but making sure that they were okay and I've I. I provided really, really good friendships, so it makes sense that they were still friends with me. But I, yeah. I wasn't setting myself up or them up to be a good friend to me because I wasn't being myself. Mm-hmm. Right. And then, like in my later years, when I've decided not to have a friendship, it's been less about like, oh, they don't deserve me, but more about like holding my inner child and realizing like you are not in a place where you can provide that friendship and that's okay. Like let's take care of ourselves. Like you can't write the future, but let's be real here. Are your needs really being met? If you are not taking the time to like complete the stress cycle and Mm -hmm. like the trauma that is a breakup. Yeah. Yeah. Like did you give yourself time for grief, like space for grief? We always think that, Grief is just like very specifically like life and death, but mm-hmm. also it, grief is in change. Yeah. So are you accepting of the change or are you transmuting that, like not completing that stress cycle? Like, does that make sense? Like instead of completely grieving the loss of the relationship, you're like, ah, oh, this is so upsetting, but we're friends. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, it keeps it here in your chest and it never is like allowed to move through you. And moving through it is Painful and gross and disgusting and incredibly hard and non-linear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also, <laughs> like, if you weren't friends before, if you, especially in, a, in an instance where suppose you didn't start out as friends. Mm-hmm. You started mm-hmm. out as mm-hmm. a relationship. Yeah. Often, which is oftentimes true. Mm-hmm. So 
why be friends now? Like, yeah. it's not like if you weren't friends before you were dating, it's not like you need to go back to that. Mm. Yeah. It's, Which I think is, there's no blueprint for how it was to yeah. even find. So it, it seems hard to pinpoint for me, what that in those be. situations, like obviously for me, I'm speaking, but in those situations where you weren't friends before, why would you be friends after? Sometimes the friends after comes with liking their friend group. Mm. Mm-hmm. And actually maybe developing better bonds with friends yeah. and like having good like friend chemistry with the friend group. So you want to maintain that connection as yeah. well. But like friendships exist autonomously, which is also like a painful lesson. I feel like we yeah. all need to understand. This does feel like something that is pretty specific to like queer experience. I don't know a yeah. lot of straight people that are like dealing with the multiple friends of ex. I don't know. That doesn't yeah. seem to be the same. They're not really experiencing you that think? the same way. I don't think. I, I don't, don't know a ton so. of straight people who like stay friends with exes. But I think that also has to do with like gendered friend groups and yeah. like having like my girls and my boy, boy girl. whatever yeah, very boy girl in fair. a way that doesn't always like overlap versus like in queer friend groups obviously there's all different types of yes. identities so like you're gonna yes mix around and i do think that the queer community like i i would give us a, a passing grade like i do think that some people really do go through that grief and yeah. evolve and like take time off and come back and have these like amazing nuance friendships and i do want to leave space for that but i think more often than not the like i'm gonna be friends with my ex it's like let's give each other space to yeah. like not yeah. like each other and that's okay i've referenced my ex often austin a few times on this he's also a trans man and mm-hmm. like we dated before either of us transitioned and then we mm-hmm. broke up and then both of us have since transitioned and mm-hmm. that is the only like ex i'm actually friends with because it's like this weird mm-hmm. circumstance that yeah. has like allowed us to like kind of fully put apart any the sort of things feelings yeah and that animosity is and so understanding it, like well obviously i wasn't myself yeah neither were you <laughs> yeah so like we both passed yeah come on like, yeah. We, yeah yeah but I that's like that's fair. a very specific in, yeah. and it's the only time like outside circumstances have have been what has allowed that to happen and every other ex i've had it's not yeah been that clean of a, yeah. of a thing i know one i well i think that there was one who i for a while hated like mm-hmm. I, w- I think that I went through that whole thing where we like tried to be friends, and mm-hmm. then I switched to hate hating him, mm-hmm. which I feel like was the best part. Like mm-hmm. hate is such a nice emotion to have. It's, it's a easy. nice place to escape into. And yeah, it's like it's kind of mm-hmm. like oh, I can hate this person, and then mm-hmm. that's like an uncomplicated thing to feel. Sure. Mm-hmm. Whereas hate is easier than like we're pals. Yeah. And, and maybe we'll go to the farmers market together. Like mm-hmm. fuck that. Yeah. Hate mm-hmm. them. I like what you said, though, about, like, getting through the grief because I think we've talked about this before that, like, for whatever reason, like, breakups are mm-hmm. something where everybody's always trying to rush your... Yeah. Like, Julia Jacqueline has that great song, Pressure to Party, that's, like, yeah. all about, like... That's got feeling, to be on like, the media you, list. Say, it's got to be on the, media, on the Boys Club media yes. list. <laughs> yeah. But it's, like, everybody does... I know I accidentally and subconsciously pressure my friends to be moving on from something or to be, mm-hmm. like, processing something some way. And even and when I've gone through breakups, I want to, like, get out of it and, yeah. like... It is a grief, and we yeah. don't give it that credit yeah. all the time. Especially, I I pressure my friends, especially when you it's you have a much I feel like sometimes a clearer perspective on relationships when you were never in them. And if I perceive like, girl, we all knew that that was never going to work. Mm-hmm. I have been guilty of like pressuring people to move on too fast. Or like, come on, like you know it wasn't right. It wasn't well matched, but. It's still grief. It's still a loss. It's still change. And I think the biggest mistake is to act like it's it's not. I I'd say that I am friends with ninety percent of my exes, and the other ten percent of my exes, I would be I would be willing to to. I'm not like anti friendship. I'm respectfully like fuck you <laughs> respectfully and th- and they i think may well i can leave space for that being their feeling to me too but for me i'm like we would need to have some very earnest and honest conversations to move forward into friendship and i am not sure if that would be met with any sort of grace yeah and so i'm i'm definitely pro like if you can get there to a friendship by having like honest hard conversations about like what's up Mm -hmm. then more power to you but you're not going to skip that step with me yeah yeah i think there's also like a a, uh, 
like a pressure to feel I mean obviously relationships are a big part of your life but I think that with age we will all find that we have perspective on like there are just Mm -hmm. people you meet in your 20s who will just end up being people you met and dated in your 20s and Mm -hmm. they are no more no less than that Mm -hmm. and like I think that sometimes we put a lot of like weight to those that like this is like because for right now and the 20 x years I've lived like this is the most important person yeah who's been in my life but it's like eventually that will have just been yeah six months in the wind and <laughs> yeah and when you have your like first loves too I realize like oh my god like I like even I have an ex that I'm not friends with but I can still look back at my relationship and be like oh my god that was the first time where I ever was like. I love you and mm-hmm. I've never done that before and like talked about my feelings or like had sex where you cried or like been emotionally raw and I did not have those experiences before I dated this person and for that I am grateful mm-hmm. and like I was showing up at the top of my intelligence of where I was but and I'm also not this that same evolution anymore and I hope and wish the same change for them and like but yeah like first love is so hard and i think for queer people it's first love is weirder haunting yeah first love love, and also like for me i was closeted in my in the relationship sense i was like definitely out definitely gay but like not willing to be like in a gay relationship because I was I would just see all my friends like breaking up with their girlfriends and I just thought psychologically I cannot handle that like <laughs> yeah I get movies where people snap like mm-hmm. when I was very 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 nervous of like experiencing my first like heartbreak mm-hmm. yeah um but I have now and I'm definitely stronger and better for it and I am grateful for that. I remember. And I'm also like respectfully fuck you. Yeah. yeah. Respectfully <laughs> go fuck yourself. I, I, I feel both grateful and like ugh, about it. I remember thinking like how uh, how when people were broken up with they were just annoying. I was like that you're annoying. You're being dramatic. Uh-huh. This is too much. Uh-huh. And then I think back and I thought I was loving Chicago. But then I was like maybe I was loving Chicago. I thought I was in love. You think you're in love and then you're like actually in love and you're like oh. I don't know that I was in love before. Mm-hmm. And then when I was oh broken up Oh my God, with, yeah. That I, is, that is scary. Yeah. When I like, I post and then first having like real chemistry, I was like, Ooh. yeah. Ooh. Like this is what I was like. Yeah. So, cause you, you want to get to a point where you're like, I, I mean, I don't know if this is what you guys experience, but I love to intellectualize my feelings. And mm-hmm. I was naively hoping to get to a point in like love where I would, be like, okay, I, intellectually, I know what this is. Like, there's nothing beyond what I haven't thought about. But, like, true love, true intimacy, true growth, like, true, like, twin flame soulmate relationship is, like, this constant death and evolution of, like, becoming closer and closer to who you are. And when you start to feel yourself not wanting to, like, do that death of, like, asking yourself what you want for real and like maybe that answer is not the person that you really really like right now Mm -hmm. is um yeah like doing that every time and coming back and and coming back to the same person is that doing that cycle is like really scary yeah and the stakes get higher and higher yeah that's why dating when you're young is so it can be so tumultuous and like filled with so much like uh, so many different emotions going on Mm because you're changing so much yeah and this person's changing so much and there's all these things you're told you're supposed to want or think you want and like it's all changing all the time and it's so hard to like yeah navigate that yeah and to do that and then and not hurt anybody's feelings and i'm the same way with like the people pleaser thing where i'm just like oh oh my god i'd rather die than anybody be mad at me right (laughs) right right or like oh i can't imagine making this person feel Mm -hmm. like anything like the way i feel right now like i can handle the way i feel right now but i don't know this person can handle the way i feel um and also it takes a lot of courage to be like nothing's wrong and this isn't working. Mm -hmm. I think some people fall into like cowering into then becoming hypercritical of the person they're they're with to protect themselves, like to almost to like protect their heart from hurting that it's another way to intellectualize why relationship has to be over. So you like turn to this critical eye and then you have confirmation bias. Mm -hmm. So then it becomes about you like pushing away, pushing back, pushing against an enemy 
and that's not fair either. Right. That goes back to the hate is an easy, easier exactly. emotion. Perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Yes. Hate is an uncomplicated emotion. Yeah. And as someone who I feel like that has been done to me, like more often than not, because I'm like the, yeah, the the villainization is is more painful than the like admittance of like not liking who I am as a person. Yeah. But then like vilifying me. Yeah. As a recovering people pleaser that's hard for me because it kind of like doubles it it's like oh, yeah you, you already didn't want to be in this because we weren't vibing and then now you're like trying to show me why yeah we're not vibing yeah and, and then like... when i find when i find myself being like well we were in love once and maybe we should be friends it's like oh no actually what i'm trying to do is rectify this villain that you've created mm-hmm. and it's actually not on me and sometimes me putting myself first means that i am the villain in other people's stories you told me that and it made me feel so good. You're like, yeah. it's okay to be the villain in someone else's story. Yeah. And it's, <laughs> I'm keep it's hard it. to believe. It's like so these, believe. these sayings are super cute. We can put them on tote bags. Yeah. And like, you know, they're so cute. They're so cute. It's like life lessons. But the truth is, it's so scary. It's so hard. And the thing that is so haunting about a life lesson that I have come to terms with is that a life lesson isn't like done after you have realized that it's a life lesson. It's for your lifetime. Mm-hmm. It is what you are going to carry for your Lifetime. Yeah. So are you going to like make it a heavy load every single time? Or are you going to just be like, this is, you know, yeah, what I, I know I'm a recovering people pleaser. I know I have to check in with myself about stuff like this. Yeah. I feel like that's also not to be like, everything's a queer thing. This is all <laughs> queer. Yeah. But I do think queer people are oftentimes, there's like a people pleasing component of that. Or like queer people oftentimes end up being, it's like that. It's like a little bit of the velvet rage. I like they end up being yeah. obsessed with like perfectionism and people pleasing and yeah. It feels like yeah. a protective shield to be like, well, I know there's something about me you're not going to like, so make sure I, you like everything else about yeah. me. Yeah. So that maybe that'll make yeah. up for this one thing you don't like. I feel like that's like baked in when you're young and trying to avoid You're things. young and auditioning yeah. for Into the Woods Jr. And- <laughs> oh my God. Oh, loved Into the Woods. Loved all the junior productions. I was in Fiddler on the Roof Jr. Wait, I was too. I was a papa. Oh my god, I was Frumasara. The boys at home will know. I can, is she the the witch? Yeah, she's like, like she yeah, yeah. Back. yes, yes. Oh, I was living the ancestor he sees in a dream. I was living, honey. I was like a boo bitch. She's back. I loved playing. I of my whole life, I always loved playing old, scorned, witchy characters. Were you ever in Pippin? No, I wasn't in Pippin. Should have been. There's I was a character in that's Panama like that. City. They weren't doing Pippin. Oh yeah, that's fair. They Wait, what were you that. in? Um, Into the Woods. Yeah. Uh, Who were you in Into the Woods? I was one of the stepsisters. Cool. Um, I, I was wanted to be the witch. Steward. The steward's an insult. Yeah. I was. I was cut from that musical. The steward so. is worse you than getting a, cut. A cute Jack. They are giant in the sky. I didn't have the chops, I guess. Oh uh, I was cut from it. But what I, do, I always was drawn to the character of like the scorned older woman who comes yeah. in like mid act two, whatever. Because I, yeah. I was like, who's she? She's got a story to yeah. tell. Like, I was in Richard the Third, Queen Elizabeth. Wait, wow, what? It actually got School. me the uh, uh, Irene Ryan, which is like the what theater awards yeah we had that it wasn't called that it's called something else where we were but those were huge in mm-hmm. high school wait that what's was... the one that's like national that's jimmy's like the jimmy's where they sing because there's certain like there's certain comics who like have like pretty strong theater backgrounds who like keep tabs on that and i every i i never know when it is but i only for the fact that people are talking about it the sometimes. jimmy's is the musical theater one and the irene ryan is like colleges and oh, cool. uh, it's you go to the Kennedy Center and you perform. Wow. Yeah, it was. That's a big deal. I, it was. It was a. Yeah, it was. Did I, you study theater? I did. Where's your school? I went to University of Northern Colorado. Are you from? Are you from over there? No. From Florida. from Panama Florida. You said that seven times. But I'm a military <laughs> kid, so I'm like kind of a flavor of the world. Cool. <laughs> um, That's cool. This was beautiful. This was better than my therapy session. Our second question, I should fire my therapist. <laughs> oh, Actually, no. wait. She, no, she was mad at me today. Haley was mad at you. She was mad because I think I was like moody for the first two minutes. And she's like, well, what do you think would be a good use of our time? And I was like, why are you mad at me? Um, now I'm sad. She's pushing you. No, she's she's fired. Um, no. My therapist recommended I think that's Haley. fair to say 
what would be a good use of her time. Yeah, she was because it's, yeah. em- it's empowering you to for you to realize that you can pull yourself out of your own mood. Mm-hmm. She, yeah, I forget. It ended up being a fine session. I forget <laughs> what we ended. Up. Oh yeah, we wrote goals. <laughs> that's good we just wrote goals what are the goals of someone anyway that's important i know but it like it is important it's crazy it's the little things the little things um our second question for you is yes. what is a boys club that you are a part of i'm part of the go out in nature for medicine boys club wait would you is homeopath a synonym for that homeopathic nature medicine yeah yeah I, yeah i guess um but also like how nature is medicine in the oh. traditional sense and also how like unfortunately you know how people will be like go outside and get some fresh air when you're like upset it really does work yeah it really and, like, does you're always going on a walk yeah i mean sometimes for me sometimes the biggest hurdle is just getting out the door but i i live across the street from prospect park and i am so grateful for those trees and that water and like it and the birds in the park, all my bird friends, like yeah. it's yeah. really, it's been really healing for me. Yeah, yeah. Well, you got a full week of over sixty degrees. I know it's gonna be really. Nice I know I'm wearing week. shorts, Thank but I also feel like I'm wearing shorts, and I don't want to make any eye contact with any black people because I feel like, well, look, all the white guys, you guys are wearing shorts, <laughs> but all the rest of us are in pants. But I just ready. like put some shorts on, and I was like on the train, like the two old black women came and sat in front of me, and I was literally about to be like, ma'am, I know it's still. Not all the way summer, but <laughs> I just wanted but to wear we're so close. We are. It does we're wonders so for my mood. I don't realize how sad I am until the sun comes out, and I'm like, oh, I forgot my capacity for joy. Yeah, and fair. Yeah, fair. Sometimes I'm like, oh, I'm not cursed, or like, uh, my friends don't hate me. Uh, it was literally cloudy for three days. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, everything's actually fine, and I have a lovely life. But I forgot about it. <laughs> I have because of that. I have made a point to still go outside when it's nasty out, and it. I find that that is it's less. The gap of it being like from this to this is less because I still find the beauty in like a, like um an overcast day in Prospect Park means that nobody's there, mm-hmm. and yeah. you can look at like all the moss. And there's way more animals out, and that's usually where all the blue herrings are out because they like quiet. Yeah, they like to be like, and you can see all of them. Like nobody's there. I need that. So our closest park is like McCarran, which everyone tells me it's a bad park. Have you been to McCarran Park? A bad mm-hmm. park. Who's saying it's a bad park? Everyone says it's a bad park. They what say about it's too it? flat. People say that all the time. Too flat. They say it's too flat. They say parks are supposed to be flat, Nico. I don't know for like for like rain. I've heard multiple gay men say that that park is oh, too flat. Oh jeez, yeah. What, wait, what, are they? Oh jeez, talk- what? Are, are these like, oh, geez, are are they, they, like hiking gay? Yeah. Do like, they know? know? Is that their only credentials that they're gay men? They are. They are <laughs> gay men off the G. You know what I mean? Okay. They live off the G. Okay. They know you live off the G. Who but they live off isn't? the G. Like, oh, I'm sorry, cut that. But your G stop doesn't count. We can't say we're Yeah, live. cut my stop out of there because people are crazy out there. Um, I love when you said that nature as medicine. I was like, oh, so you're putting sticks in your soup? I thought it was like. But also, but also understanding a couple of things. I'm having an understanding of ethobotany. Like, the earth is so incredible. It's also, I think we forget that the earth is also an alien. It's something that lives in space. Whoa. Whoa. And, like, the plants that come from earth and the plants that grow around you naturally occur when you have a symbiotic relationship. They're medicine for you and for your people. And it's meant to be like taken so like eating local food eating local apples like that is nature's medicine um not to mention there are so many herbal properties if you have an understanding of like teas and herbs and things like that you can enhance any food that you eat to like what your special like needs are yeah like for example i i uh was like pretty hypertensive in the beginning of the pandemic. So I was so fucking stressed. And um, I had gone to the dentist and I had to get my blood pressure and it was really fucking high. And I ended up talking to my friend and she mentioned like hibiscus is a really good um, source to like bring your blood pressure down. And I started drinking hibiscus and it like brought it down like 40 points. And then I think like culturally as, as black people, we have high blood pressure. A lot of Caribbeans have high blood pressure, but we have this drink like hi- hibiscus grows naturally in the bush in Jamaica. And we have this drink called sorrel that is like hibiscus. Mm. And when you keep those like industrial, industrial, um, uh, 
indigenous understandings of the plants that grow around you and the plants that grew around your people, like your lineage. That is a very sacred, natural medicine connection um, that we have, I think, mostly forgotten. Um, But also, I think we need to leave space for like old ways being made new. Like I think, and I think Brooklyn's a prime example. Like you can get like traditional medicine and also non-traditional medicine. I think that it it meets somewhere in the middle, and both are magic. But yeah, that's my yeah. That's I don't want to go too far off but yeah that's my feeling no i love that yeah yeah i i hate that so much it seems of like natural medicine it's people seem to either be in one camp or the other Mm -hmm. often it's like either you're like modern medicine natural medicine yeah but it's like obviously the natural medicine was working forever for many people and uh, and we've made some amazing advancements in modern medicines like they should be in communication with each other exactly and used together to make everybody and i believe that especially with behavioral medicine i'm Mm. like don't fuck around with that and then just start taking a bunch of ashwagandha when you're on like fucking um like mood stabilizers yeah no however you can support these mood stabilizers by like going outside by having an understanding of like different like adrenal support and things like that but i'm i mean i'll go off forever about this and it's about what you can sustainably do too like if you can't sustainably be drink like drinking 17 different fucking acai berry powders like because <laughs> yeah. i also think that there's another part of natural medicine and healthy eating and, and, and that is a um a ve- like a dressed up eating disorder mm-hmm. said that is that um, orthorexia what is orthorexia that I don't know what that means. Isn't orthorexia when you try, like, you're focused on, like, healthy eating? Yeah. I didn't know that. I didn't know there was a formal term, but yes. Yeah. I feel like there there are a lot of people that um, I have met, especially when I lived in Colorado, that things were, like, dressed up as wellness. Mm-hmm. Um, that I'm like, no, this is this is um, an eating disorder. And, yeah. I mean, I, I would go as far as to say, like, even, like, Whole30 or, like, keto and things like that are... No. Yeah, I agree. No. And I, I feel like it, I mean, I know also it can be very like hard to access if you don't have like a lot of money to spend on like all sorts of, right. you know what I mean? Like it's right. also been taken and turned into a something that's profitable for like whoever wants to do these health food companies and yeah. stuff. Yes, I used to work at RX Bar and I'm going <laughs> to blow the whistle right now. You know what RX Bar is? No. Six almonds, three egg whites, two dates or whatever. No those bullshit. Bars. Do you remember those? Oh, you know those? yeah, wait, I do. I, yeah, you've absolutely seen them. I absolutely seen them and I did go through a time where I was like getting them a lot. Yes. Do you like them? Whole, I like the blueberry one. They're Okay, they're so good. They get stuck in your teeth. They're going to sit in your stomach for a year and then one day <laughs> they, go plop them out. They That's really. Do they not have fiber in them? They have too much fiber in them. They have so fiber is the kind of thing where it's like at a certain point, it's like you can have a, there's a healthy amount and then so much that it will not go through your body. Oh. And whatever. So, but I would work there and they were like Whole30 compliant, but there was also like a financial relationship with the Whole30 company. So like oh, every Whole30 geez. box that was bought, the Whole30 company would get money from it. And I'm explaining, a, I think like a scam to people. Whoa, wait, I didn't know Whole30 was a company. I thought it was just like. A Whole thirty is that's a, the whole thing. Yeah, that's the whole the thing. Company. These corporations are like me, 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 me. Like they Melissa Hartwig. Do you know who that is? She's a skinny lady in Utah. Make it's a always sh- a skinny lady in Utah. <laughs> that I mean, they there is profit in all of these things. Mm-hmm. Um, and what is what is happening is that people are like being convinced that you can't really provide health without buying into, you can't provide health for yourself without buying into some sort of system. And it's this like gatekeeping constant, like capitalism gatekeeping process that keeps people further and further and further away from themselves. That's why everyone's like mostly haunted. But what is more sustainable is having, again, an understanding of nature, understanding of seasons, what's grown locally, like eating when you're fucking hungry, Mm -hmm. eating when you're hungry and health at every size and like eating vegetables, not because you're on a diet and you need to 1200 calories of greens, but because vegetables and 
and fruit provide certain information and like also an acceptance of body diversity. Mm-hmm. Oh, I Harwick is going to send us a cease and desist. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying to be better about like understanding more about my like local like actual ecosystem. Like what yes. plants grow in the park near me, and like yes. what plants should I have in my house that I could you know reasonably care for and should be there and yeah. all that you know because I, I it, it's so true. It, I feel it more now being in the city where like we have less access to nature than we would have had in like Florida or Georgia or yeah. even, you know a suburb in Philly like you have to seek it out and you have to be intentional about it and mm-hmm. i'm tr- and i and i notice it more that like now when like the trees are coming out i'm like i feel alive again but yeah. that's because i am in connection with the earth i'm breathing in they're breathing it yeah. out and yeah. it's like all you the cherry blossoms are like, hey, girlies, yes. how are you? And they were like, I don't know, girl. <laughs> we was asleep. I'm like, me too. <laughs> like, it's... Uh. I know, they're here for three glorious weeks and then they'll uh, die. But for those three weeks. But then more beautiful. is coming right after it and it's yeah. going to be nice. What was that thing you said that we grow here? Honey. Weren't you saying we were growing honey no, in New York? this is what I was trying to say. What, okay, I so I... You know, honey is one of those things that's like, it's very much... Like, they do... There's, like, bee pollen that you can, like, put in stuff to, like, get yes. ready for Great allergy, allergy season. And then, like, honey. Great hay fever medicine. Yeah. And, like, honey is, is like, sourced from whatever plants those bees have pollinated. And right. it's, like, this is honey from Savannah. This is honey from Florida. Whatever. Right. And it's, like, supposed to be from. So I watched this YouTube video about this guy who makes honey in New York City. And he makes, like, Bushwick honey and stuff. Yeah. And, and Harlem like, honey. Yeah. And I, I bought. Yeah. I buy you bought some? Okay. Because yeah. I was just kind of, like, I Wait, don't know if I. If, I was, like, something about this feels, like. I'm like, he was like, oh, yeah, the trees in, like, Central Park. And I was like, are they all? I don't know. I don't know. I was just kind of like. So he has different. So I met him at Union Square Farmer's Market. And I was like. Okay. "Mm, Make it make sense. Yeah. And he was like, I have hives that he, he brings around. And that is true. Beekeepers, especially if they have a really good relationship with their bees, will will care like they really hold the hives and like take them where they're going wow and he has like relationships with different gardens and different spaces all around new york and essentially he lets his bees out in all these different spaces yeah and they're like buzz 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 back to the queen so that's how he's able to get the honey from all these different parts okay and i did not believe him i did not believe him still but i was like i'm gonna spend this money on this harlem honey and I want you to tell me the plants, because I have like palette. I was like, tell me the plants that the bees are like. What what's in the garden? Mm-hmm. Because what's in the garden should you should taste it and smell it in the honey. Right. And he was like, okay, so there's like a eucalyptus plant and blah 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 blah. Took the honey home, smelled just like eucalyptus. I was like, okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, okay. So that was my point. Was I was like, I was like, if this bee is coming from the Union Square, I'm like, there's got to be some gross stuff in Union Square. I'm like, that's is fair. it picking up that's any fair. of that? Am that's I gonna fair. taste the garbage in this that's in New York City that's air? <laughs> it's gonna be the the like flowers of the plants that that's that like that's yeah. what they're yeah yeah that's cool. Um, should we ask our our last question? Yes. Yes. What is a boys club that you wish to see in the world? A boys club that I wish to see in the world. Okay. I wish to see, and I believe that it's happening, this, I'm going to quote my friend Emily because she's really, like, we spent hours talking about this, but this sense of the old ways made new. So, like, back to the times of, like, artisan makers and more of, like, mutual aid and good exchange and less about uh, capitalism. Mm. Uh, obviously, capitalism is not something that is going to go away overnight, but, like, I would like to see a, a boys' club about, like, old ways made new by breaking down systems, like a revolution, which takes a long time. Yeah. A yeah. long time. I love that. Yeah. I, I, again, going back to, like, wanting to get to know what plants are in my and all that stuff i'm like i as i want to feel more of an adult living in my neighborhood in my space i want to mm-hmm. like feel like i'm connecting with my neighbors and like having a self-sustained yeah thing and not have to fucking like order shit on amazon and things like yeah. that like actually like yes be like who lives here who can i purchase things yeah. from who Remember can i mc nanda one of our guests to? was like i go to church not because i'm religious i just want to see who lives in my neighborhood yeah it's like an interesting way of yeah and like, like meeting older people because we're yeah. not around if you don't seek out 
people outside of your age gap often in new, like i feel like you can get stuck i mean i definitely i mean i mostly know other 20 and 30 year olds in yeah the new york comedy scene but if yep. you, you can like break out and actually meet people it's really good for you to know people yes. of various ages yes oh my my favorite people that i am friends with in the city are people who are above 70 that's so how cool. did you meet them um my first old friend cecile who's 84 owns this beautiful brownstone in Harlem and she had peonies like a peony bush where each flower was like the size of her fucking head and I would go to her brownstone and like visit her flowers like every I don't know like every other day at the peak of the pandemic and then one day I just happened to see her out there in the flowers and I was like and we just sparked a conversation and then we totally rehabbed a community garden together wow and she told me all about like the what's going on in Haiti and like how she got sent away from Haiti as like a young girl and gave me plant cuttings and like of of plants that she snuck out of Haiti that like in her bra and stuff like that like um that was amazing and then one of them um two of them are related to a friend of mine and one of them is her stepmom and she's just like born and raised in New York artist amazing like brass sculpture uh and then the other woman used to live in new york city and was totally like a hippie in the village yeah and was best friends with my friend's mom before she died and lived lives uh in woodstock and has this like amazing store that's like the world trade market before world trade market was a thing yeah Mm -hmm. oh that's so cool yeah that's that's one thing i love about like the history of new york is yeah fascinating yeah like, I mean, I say that about, like, where, like, the street that Comedy Cellar and those other clubs are on. It's, like, mm-hmm. this is kind of crazy right now. And there's, like, feces everywhere. And that's, like, very chaotic. But it's, like, this is where, like, Jack Kerouac was. And, like, where all these, like, yeah. the beat poets were. And, yeah. like, Harlem used to be a big building that, like, everybody that was up and coming, young and professional, like, famous, especially during, like, the segregation, lived in Harlem, lived in this building. Yeah. And some of those people are still living in the building and I would just talk to them about oh, that's so cool like yeah they'd be like yeah there used to be red carpets outside and like you could um we would as kids we'd stay up like we wake up at like two in the morning to be there to get tipped to like help people into their apartments because they're coming back from premieres like completely wasted oh fun um, wow. there's yeah you just have to to talk to people and be seen not just talk to people but be seen in your community spaces participating like i was part of the tenant association i like helped plant um plants like in the median on the street and like yeah 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 it's it's i it's something i worry about with like the way that like i don't know just being in you know entertainment and like also thinking about like social media the way that like algorithms are getting more and more specific and like trying to just show you what they think mm-hmm. you want to see and like mm-hmm. all this like streaming is just making specific tv shows for like specific audiences rather than like and i think there's pros and cons to that but one of the things i think is a negative it's like you're only going to be pushed towards your own in, in group right you're never going to be forced to see and if and as we're like not really going i don't know with like the metaverse and all this yeah. stuff it's like if we don't go outside and actually fucking talk to people that don't look like us that don't act like us that don't like the same things as us like we're just never gonna you're just i just worry that it would get we're getting farther from that right and when i say like the old way to main new it's like well that's not gonna go away but how do we show up in that space that totally. still is bringing in the old way yeah yeah i'm sober for a long time but i didn't get sober through aa but when I lived in Chicago, I just like didn't really. I moved to Chicago as a sober person. I didn't really know anyone, so I would go to these like AA meetings. And what I liked about it was not the whole AA part. I was just like, "Who's here?" I was yeah. like, "Who are the people that are people here?" People watching. Yes, I was like, "I love to people watching." It was yeah. incredible people watching. I was like, "You're a school principal. You're a mom who hates her kids." I was like, "It's that's fascinating." Really, and that's very real. Yeah. Yeah, and that's very real. I feel like that's one of the places that you're gonna find like some of the most diverse. Like truly, like just so many different walks of life yeah. like, in an AA meeting or anything, uh, any type of group therapy. That's that because that's such a it's a very specific unifier, but it's also affects so many different people. Yeah, there were like social cliques in it. There's like a hierarchy <laughs> rising up. Drama. That 
is one of my favorite things. Hierarchies and cliques inside the workspace and also in life, it's gotten me in a lot of trouble because I'll like get too close to the subjects. I fuck around. I end up with friends. I'm like, oh, I literally was just like, wow, this is the way you experience your life is so interesting. And now I'm pressed to the glass and I'm a bridesmaid in your wedding. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. That's funny. Um, all right, before we wrap up, Jess, do you want to plug your socials or anything coming up? Oh, I feel like I should plug, I have a small plant business. <laughs> now that I've talked about all the plants. Oh, cool. Um, it's called Sphagnum Swamp. You can follow me on Instagram. And I sell little plants in this store called Joe Lindsay, which is on Myrtle in Fort Greene. Um, also follow my social media, Embrace Mess, for all things that I'm, that I'm up to. And yeah. Awesome. All right, we'll get out of here and smooch. We'll see you soon. Hey, boys. Thanks for listening to our podcast, Boys Club. Connor, where can they find you on socials? You can find me on Instagram at Connor Janda. That's C-O-N-O-R, panda with a J. You can find me at Nico Carney, N-I-C-O, Carney, C-A-R-N-E-Y. You can follow both of us at Boys Club Comedy on Instagram. We have a monthly show at Club Coming, last week of the month. Uh, if you're in New York City, you better come hang out, come part, be part of the club. Okay, see you soon, boys. XOXO. Bye. Thank you.